What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Mom Sessions. Today's topic or today's uh, conversation is gonna tell you how a friend of mine made millions on the internet. Don't go nowhere. How you doing, everybody? I hope you guys are safe. Um, hope you guys are, you know, practicing social distancing. My name is Jenny Boy. It's great to be with you, with you today. But um, today, our guest, first things off the bat, I just want to say, like, uh, this guy now, we go way back. You know, uh, you probably seen him online. I see him everywhere, not just on Facebook, but traveling the world on major news networks in the States, wherever, Australia, every, wherever. He's everywhere. Okay, and he's basically going around telling everybody how you can basically turn your passion uh, into something that's really lucrative and make money on the internet. So, ladies and gentlemen, you may have heard of this, uh, heard of his name. We have Payne Jun on the show. What's up? Boy, what's up, Jin? <laughs> Good to be here. It is, it is crazy because uh, obviously nobody knows this, but Payne Jun and I, we are actually high school mates. <laughs> And it's like so crazy to see that like the amount of success that you've basically got up for yourself, like ever since we, well, I left high school one year after you did. Mm -hmm. And now you are traveling around the world talking in front of like 5,000, 6,000, even 10,000 people even uh, talking alongside with people like Richard Branson, Tony Robbins. Um, you know, you're, you're hanging out in like some of the top profile summits. How did that happen? If you told me 15 years ago that this would be the life that I have right now, like there's no way I could have even imagined this. And I think that you are one of the very few people that has actually seen that entire journey. And it was a journey. It was a journey of learning, transformation, implementation. And the person that I was in high school, like mm -hmm. when, when we speak to our high school friends, they don't even recognize that version of Ping Jun anymore. And yeah. how did that happen? It happened with over time with practice, with growth, with with learning. Yeah, I, I remember back in high school, so I think like uh, I was the more loudmouth one. And you were more of like a, okay, I'll study, I'll kick I'll just mind my own business, go to the library, and then you know, you don't really I don't think you would basically we won't see you go out in front of a crowd of four thousand people and people won't expect that. So like when you left high school, I remember like both of us have a friend uh, named Dennis and I remember like he just came up to and one day we just went out and we hung out and I saw the car that Ping Jun was driving like, damn, man, that's a nice BMW. And it's like, what's that? <laughs> I've never seen such a thing before. I've been like, what's Ping Jun, Ping Jun working as? He's like, oh, uh, he's doing his own business. And I'm like, whoa, so young doing your own business. And that's where we started chatting and asking each other, like, what, what are you doing? And then he's like, oh, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing internet marketing. And I'm like, I, I was confused. I was like, what do you mean by internet marketing? Do you market for people? Do you market for brands? It's like, no, I, you know, I, I like, I do something that I like very much, which is play games. And I help people achieve a certain rank or something like that. And that is basically World of Warcraft. We want to talk a bit about that. So it all started from desperation, right? Uh, because I didn't do well in, in university. I came back to Malaysia. Mm -hmm. And my first job that paid me 1,200 ringgit, I, I realized I had... I had actually worked on that job for, for nearly two years. Wow. So when, when you met me back then, 
Um, it was slightly over a decade ago, I believe. Yeah. Uh, about that time, right? And that time was when I started seeing success marketing products in the gaming space. Yes. So what I did pretty much, one of the reasons why I nearly failed university was because I played World of Warcraft for like <laughs> nearly 10,000 hours while all my housemates were all getting high. So <laughs> I, <laughs> so, so basically what happened was I took what I did and all I did was I created this digital product mm -hmm. teaching people how to excel in World of Warcraft better. Right. Um, and that was kind of like my first big break in, in the gaming space. I took what I did in World of Warcraft into other computer games as well. Yeah. Um, and that's how I initially started off. I, from desperation, I, was, I wanted to make some money on the side. And I thought, what if I could learn how to market products online? And a lot of products that I bought back then, it was on, in order to make money online, you need to learn how to sell something. Yeah. So I, I took that not like that idea, that skill set, and I started selling these products, these digital products. It was membership sites, eBooks, mm -hmm. teaching people how to play that game. And that's how it all started off. Um, and monetizing what I knew back then. And this was, uh, <laughs> I mean, like call us old school. This was even before Facebook was around. That's I think right. not even before Friendster was around. That was actually during MySpace. Yeah. So that the the marketing strategies I would use back then was on MySpace. Facebook wasn't a thing. There wasn't Facebook ads. There wasn't anything like that. And uh, that's how it started off. Yeah. So you you wrote an ebook. I was. Am I, is, is it correct to say that's an ebook uh, for World of Warcraft, teaching people how to level up? That was the initial product. So eventually it became like videos and, and you know this as well because I needed market videos and many people will never believe this story. But even back then, I didn't even dare to share my voice. I always had this limiting belief. Yep. And I actually approached Jin and I said, Jin, could you please do the voiceover for me? And Jin actually did it. He did a couple of videos for me and you'll hear, I, I don't know if I can find the videos, but it's literally in Jin's voice saying, this is Ping Jun. And today I'm going to be showing you how to play World of Warcraft, right? And that's so how it started off. 10 years ago, this voice right here is Ping Jun. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but now you're hearing the real voice. Yeah, I remember that because like, uh, it was, it was uh, for me, it was, okay, look, man, at that point in time, uh, I just started work. I was doing radio, not the most lucrative job anyone could do. And you came up to me and said, look, I'm just going to pay you this amount of money and to, to record this. For me, it's like, I was like, damn, this is, I could use this, man. And I was so grateful. So I remember uh, Peng Jun just giving me like uh, a few pages of Word documents. It's like, okay, all you need to do is just like clearly like read this. So I got my own, I got my own recorder at home, recorded everything. And I sent it over to him. I was like, yeah, it's fine. And I'm like, whoa. And that was and that was when I realized that, yeah, I understand what I, I understand what I was reading. I understand the concept, but it, today it will be counted as normal because like you, if you want to learn something, you go to YouTube and most of the time it's audio and visual, right? Mm -hmm. If people want to teach you how to do this, you, you will have them speaking and you'll have them showing you a video. But back then it's like, how did you even think of actually venturing into something, did you see sort of like a prospect somewhere? It's like, oh, this is what the market is lacking. This is what I think is going to become the future. You know what? I mean, what what amount? How much of research or how much of like you know R and D did you have to do? So what I did was so back then there wasn't like seminars or courses or anything like that. a very common thing was ebooks. So actually, what I did was I started buying a lot of these ebooks back in the day, mm -hmm. and many of these ebooks just. The, the one commonality was in order to make money online, you need to learn the process of building a simple site, building this 
thing called a sales letter, mm-hmm. running ads and traffic to it. It could be through articles, could be MySpace, which was the social media network back then, mm-hmm. and, and utilizing these methods. So, so I started trying to piece all these things together. But I asked myself, so, so what am I going to sell? I, I don't have a strength. Like I'm not some celebrity. Nobody knows who I am. So I thought, okay, maybe a good starting point would be, what, what do I know? So I said, well, what I know is, is how to play this game called World of Warcraft. And here's what happened. I actually went online and I found this article. It was this guy. His name was Luke Brown back then. And apparently this guy called Luke Brown and another guy called Brian Cobb. These two guys apparently made over a million dollars selling this ebook in World of Warcraft, teaching uh-huh. people how to make gold and level up faster. So, so because of that, I was like, if I can do 10% of what these guys did, mm-hmm. I can retire in Malaysia like a king. <laughs> so I would be like, I would be, you know, so I was like, okay, so I don't need to do what they did. I need to do 10% of what they did. And that gave me the ambition to begin that journey. Right. But why did you, why would you only, why did you discount yourself so much to only think that you only need to do 10% and not do more than 110? Or why did, why did you have to discount yourself that way and not think that, hey, these guys are doing something that, that I think I can do better? Here's why. Um, I think that if a person is at a point when they're earning 1,200 ringgit a month, mm-hmm. you, you don't tend to think that big. And, oh yeah, and, that's true. And, and, and here's the reason why, like I always put myself back in the shoes back then. I remember my, my first job my colleague actually asked me, uh, we were having a heart-to-heart talk and he actually asked me this question. He said, Ping Jun, do you have 10,000 ringgit in your bank? Mm-hmm. And I remember that amount was incomprehensible to me. Like what? 10,000 in the bank? Yeah. I couldn't imagine that. So when you asked me like 100,000, like why did you discount? Like to me, that was dreaming big. That's like 400,000 ringgit. That's like insane. That's like how much some people retire with. You would think like, oh, that's not achievable. Yeah. So, so, and that is why today, a lot of things that I do, in fact, is to change people's belief and mindset around what they think is possible. Right. Because of our educational system, because of the way we brought up, because of parents, because of environment, we have the beliefs. So we got to understand that beliefs are really just installed in us, mm-hmm. right? Everybody is born with, with no beliefs. Yeah. And what beliefs we have about ourselves, our capability is installed in us through education, through environment, through and, and that is why beliefs are so crucial. And that's why it's a huge part of what I do today as well. Yeah, I think like growing up, like our parents used to just tell us and hey, we're just the followers. And it's more of like, uh, we believe whatever our parents believe. So we've never really actually gone out to like, hey, this is what I'm capable of. You know what I mean? So yeah. my, my dad's genes and my mom's genes, boom, come out in something better, but we don't realize it unless we like put in a tight spot. I mean, like, I'm not sure, okay, I'm not sure where this is true, where I heard this, you know, uh, at one point in time, you were not really great at studies, right? And you were really afraid that your parents would, like, really kill you for not doing well. And that's why you resorted to something else. To, to be fair, I always did well in high school yeah. and, and college. In fact, I, I got a scholarship, I, got, I was a JPA scholar to go to, to study in the UK. Yeah. But UK, I did, I did badly. Um, <laughs> so, so that was what triggered it all because, because of my grades then, I had to repay back this JPA scholarship oh. and, 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 and it was horrible. So because of that, that's actually what led me to want to discover for and look at other solutions out there. Technically, times of desperation, you needed to basically save yourself and this is what, it's, it's a blessing in disguise. Lah. Yes, looking back, like if that has never happened, I'm pretty sure I would have a pretty comfortable life mm-hmm. and I would have never gone online to, to try to look for something else. Wow. It's, 
so today, um, you know, you, you, you're, you've written books, you know, uh, you've talked about your books in big major news networks, ABC, just to name some of them. You're basically giving talks. Like, is it safe to say now you're giving more of like, I'm not sure, uh, you're giving some of them look like they're motivational talks. Some of them look they're, like they're seminars. So what are you venturing onto today? Ultimately, my main thing in, in terms of the educational space is to show people that they can monetize what they know, their passion, their knowledge, their life experience, if they understood how to package and position that as a product and monetize that through a sales process online. Mm -hmm. So that's what I teach people. Because especially here in Malaysia, right? Here in Malaysia, we've always been taught that passion is one thing and profession is a totally different thing. So mm -hmm. every Asian parent, not every, but most Asian parents would tell their kids, you want to pursue the thing that you love? Can. You go and get your accounting and finance degree first. Yeah. And then when you get that piece of paper, you can go do anything you want, right? And, and that's, that's something I know what, that's something my parents told me. Yeah, my mom told yeah, me the same yeah, thing. Right? And it's very, very normal, in, in, especially in Asian countries. Yeah. So it's always like, you want to monetize your passion? Can, but, but money is a totally different thing. But if we take a look at social media and what the online world has done for us, done for you, in fact. Yeah. Whether it is social media, whether it is fitness, whether it's playing the piano, whether it's computer games for me, mm -hmm. we got to understand that in today's world, it's, it's different. Today, there are kids who can make millions of dollars reviewing toys. Like yeah. kids today, they're, they're not even looking at watching TV. They're literally watching on their iPad, looking at what other kids are doing. Mm -hmm. and, and what if that was... What was that? What if that opportunity was handed to all of us where if we knew how to take what we knew, our knowledge, our life experience, and transform that through and show people through social media and understand how to create products mm -hmm. that actually helps people achieve a specific result, then that is when it's no longer separate. And that is my core message today. Because wow. that's what I did in World of Warcraft. That's what I did in gaming space. Yeah. And that's what changed my life. Wow. And okay, so when you when you um when you started selling ebooks, uh, gaming guides, I would call them. Like for example, I read in your website you 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 sold uh, a Farmville guide. I remember Farm, Farmville was it on Facebook or it was, it was on Facebook, right? It was one of the first few games on Facebook that had in-game purchase. Yeah, that made it huge. Yeah, and I remember Farmville was a huge thing. People were like freaking making their farms look like some work of art or something like that. And you sold, uh, you sold uh, a product or an e-guide to basically help people with Farmville and you made over 1.8 million USD. And I mean, back then, obviously, it was a, the currency was different, but if you were to basically convert it today, that's almost like $6 million. Yeah, it, it, it was my first very big break. Yeah. Um, and uh, the best, and, and here's the, the funny thing, you know, like back then, this is 2008, 2009, even the Ping Jun back then is very different from Ping Jun today. Back then, still the same thing. I, I was this highly introverted person, just wanted to be, hi, be behind the scenes and make money online. And I actually thought nobody would buy from a person named Ping Jun. Yeah. And back then, um, I was still marketing under pen names. And the pen name that I used in the Farmville market was, was Tony Sanders. <laughs> I, bas I, I basically took Tony Robbins and Colonel Sanders and I merged <laughs> these two names together. And that was the name that I used um, to, to market online. So it, it was really a journey of... of, of, of Self-confidence or so, actually. Yes. Yeah, because, I mean, like, you know, all of us, you have Chinese names, right? And you always have this thinking that, oh, it will be international. Nobody is going to look at the Chinese name. They'll look like... You know, they look at 
stuff like Michael Jordan or like uh, David Beckham. Sounds cool, right? And, and in fact, that's exactly what happened. One of my uh, close friends told me, he said, Peng Jun, if you want to, you know, speak internationally, the first thing you got to do is you got to got to have an English name. Because mm-hmm. how can these Angmos pronounce your name if they, if they can't even say your name right? And then and he said, let me challenge you. Think of an international speaker, celebrity that is worldwide with a Chinese name. So I, I, I sat down and thought for a while. Then I said, Wang Li Hong. Oh, and Wang Li Hong became my inspiration. And I wow. thought, like, huh, if Wang Li Hong can do it, maybe I can do it as well. Wow, wow. But that's actually what happened, yeah. Li Hong has actually inspired a lot of Asi- Asians, actually. Uh, not Asian Americans, but Asians worldwide. Because he was, he was an Asian American or Canadian la, who ventured into the Chinese market. So he did that kind of like crossover East, East meets West to have people kind of like accept the East culture in the Western market or something like that. And and it's so funny now that you said that, you know, at that point in time where you only can think of Lee Hom, but now that, you know, you didn't go forward with like, you, you could have named yourself Albert or, or something that people be like, oh yeah, 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 I know that guy. He's got a cool name. Even his initials are quite cool. So you just went forth with your name. And like, it, uh, well, actually, I, I actually went to my parents mm-hmm. and I said, mom, um, apparently I need to get an English name. Um, if you were to give me an English name, what would you call me? Mm-hmm. And she said, she, she thought for it for a while and she went, she discussed my dad and they said, what about Penn? P-E-N-N, like Sean Penn. <laughs> so I said, uh, okay. So the, as a marketer, the first thing that I did was I tried to look to see if the domain name was available because I need to get the .com, right? right? So my surname is Chan. So I actually typed in Pen Chan and I didn't realize, but when I type in that word on Google, apparently it means ganja. It means cannabis. <laughs> it's a code name for cannabis and marijuana. What the so heck? I said, So I went back to my mom um, and I said, mom, apparently that, that word means uh, weed. Okay. So, so we scrapped that idea and, and that's why, you know, I still want to be Ping Jun. Okay. Okay. And, and you, you, okay, right now, I mean, I always, you have a Facebook page with millions of followers. Um, you know, like when you have a lot of people, I'm pretty sure you get a lot of people just basically DMing you or messaging you on a daily basis. Like, hey man, how do I become like you? Because like, uh, they, you know, you, you, I don't think you're those type of uh, entrepreneurs that basically flaunt wealth to basically trying to prove your claim. I think you're, you're basically going around, it's more of like what I see on your in your product is more about motivation. It's all about self-actualization. It's all about facts on how you, it's all about self, what's the word? Uh? It's like, it's all about self-betterment, it's like bettering yourselves in order to achieve your goals. So what, okay, if you basically go back 10 years ago, right? And, and now you fast forward 10 years, what is or who is the Pengjun we see today? Well, okay, first of all, in order for me to explain why that content is structured that way and to explain who the Pengjun is today, um, we, I truly believe that the results that we have in life and the action steps we take is largely dictated by our mindset and how we think. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that that is the major difference between successful people and unsuccessful people. Because I can give people the steps on online marketing yeah. and, and social media and traffic, but it doesn't mean that somebody will go do it. You see, the first time I explained this concept was actually to my mom. Mm-hmm. And my mom said, she said, Jun, which is what she calls me, she said, Jun, if making money was that simple, that easy, and, you, and, and why don't you just teach 
everybody the steps and why don't everybody just make millions of dollars online? Mm -hmm. Because then I told my mom, I said, it's because knowing the steps alone is not enough. And she said, what do you mean by the steps alone are not enough? If somebody wants to make a million dollars and if they know the steps, of course they will go do it. Why, why wouldn't they do it? They mm -hmm. just don't know the steps. And I was trying to think about how to explain this to her. So the way I explained this to her was like this. I said, mom, think about this way. Think about like health and fitness, mm -hmm. right? Everybody in the world wants to be fit and healthy. They're, everybody wants to be able to be fit and everybody wants to look good naked. There isn't a single person that wants to be fat and tired and sick, right? Mm -hmm. so, so everybody wants that. Everybody wants to be fit and healthy. Now let's take a look at the steps. I said, the steps are, are two steps. You need to eat right, exercise consistently. Yeah. Now don't tell me you don't know the steps because it's a two-step process. Yeah. So if this is something everybody wants and everybody knows the steps, why don't everybody just go do it? It is because the steps alone is not enough. So when you say, Ping Jun, I see a lot of these type of mindset, motivational stuff, like why is that? It is because I know that I didn't want to be just another guy teaching the steps. Because if people know the steps, they would just, it doesn't mean that they will go do it, mm -hmm. right? So it, it, same thing, it's, if it's like somebody asks you, Jin, what is your secret to success on social media? How do you get that big of a following on YouTube? Yeah. And you would say, well, it was because I was consistent. Yeah. I got experience on radio. I, I, I was, exis I was exercising that muscle set, my voice, my message every single day. So I became better at that skill set. So the way to get good is through consistency. Yep. Now, just because you gave them the steps, which is go create content, be consistent, it doesn't mean somebody will do it because why? They're thinking, oh, but my, but what if what if people judge me? What if people criticize me? What if I have I don't know what to say? What if the fear of failure, fear of embarrassment, fear of looking stupid? So there's all these other things because just knowing the steps are not enough. And that is why in terms of my content, you see so much about the mindset and yeah. the way of thinking, because if all I did was just give the steps on, on internet marketing, steps alone is not enough. And that is the primary driver that has changed who Peng Jun is 15 years ago to Peng Jun today. So to, to share with you this, okay, like 15 years ago, I would have never dared to do something like this, mm -hmm. to go to a studio and record a podcasting session that's gonna be potentially seen by millions of people. This would have freaked me out. In fact, when I was playing World of Warcraft, there was this very popular voice app called Ventrilo. And I can oh, tell yeah. you that <laughs> when I was playing that game, one of the things that was required was to push a button to kind of coordinate yep. yourself. And I can tell you during the three years of playing World of Warcraft, I didn't even dare push that push to speak button because that's how conscious I was about my voice, my accent. What if these people heard my voice? What if I sound stupid? What changed is just how I started having that confidence, that mindset that translated into a skill set. Right. And, and, and I want to go more into that. Like, look, step one, you know, you basically mastered a skill in identifying a, a niche that you can market products to. All right. You, you found a, a business that you can basically venture into and make millions out of it. And now that you're, you're now that you're trans yeah, speaking of which, you know, back in high school, we, we all know you are very much introvert. You know, you're not the type that will go in front of a whole crowd and talk about something. And now you're basically talking uh, in front of like thousands and thousands of people. Public speaking is going to basically be a part of anyone's life, whether it's whether it's a class presentation, whether it's like a, 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 a office presentation, whether it's like a, a client presentation, whatever or not. Everybody's going to do it at some point. So what? 
did it take for you to basically step out of your shell and basically uh, step up the levels into eventually talking to oh, like thousands and thousands of people? Practice. Um, right now, the, the opportunity that people have today that most people didn't is social media. Practicing your message, practicing going on Facebook Live, shooting videos. So what did I do back then? I would just practice over and over again in front of a camera, in front of a mirror, um, writing down my script, what to say. Mm-hmm. And eventually, just like anything in life, the first time you do it, it's going to absolutely suck. It's going <laughs> to be horrible. You, you don't know what you're doing. It sounds weird. You're stuttering. You're murmuring. Um, but then the second time you do it, guess what happens? you're going to suck a little bit less. And the third time you do it, you suck a little bit less. And the fourth time you do it, you suck a little bit less. And by your 256th time, you'll realize you suck so little that you realize, hey, I think I got pretty good at this. <laughs> that's how you get good at it. Wow. That's, that's, in, that's insane. I mean, like, a lot of people will always, because a lot of people will always say, you know, like, oh, I'm an intro, I'm an intro, I'll never ever do this, I'll never ever do this. And then you basically broke that shell. That means, in, it's, in, in other words, it's just, it's all in the mindset lah, to break out of that. Yeah, that. okay. And, and I want to talk about that word that you just said, okay, introvert. I truly feel in today's world, people are utilizing that word as an easy way out to stay in the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. For lack of a... It, it is a, a good reason and a good excuse. Now, I don't know how PG this show is, but for, for being a pussy. Okay, <laughs> I don't know if you need to bleep that out. No, it's okay. But, it's right? fine. But, but that's what it is. So today... When, when somebody it requires a certain skill set either to meet people, to develop, uh, to do a speech, to be on social media, they say, oh, but, but that's not me because I'm an introvert. Yep. And then they use that word as a very convenient reason, excuse to continue playing smaller. Now, the only difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is they could start at the same starting point where they are introverts, but then rather than allowing this, but I'm not like that to define who they are and what they're capable of, they say, so how can I become more like that? How can I get the practice in? How can I read the books? How can I attend the workshops, the seminars? How can I get practice so that I can stretch myself out of the comfort zone so that I can become more like that? And the problem is today, far too many people are just using, oh, but I'm introverted to just continue playing smaller. Right. They're, they just don't want to take that leap of uh, that, that giant leap because of embarrassment, because of judge. You know, I mean, you know, exactly. social media, it's like a place for you, for people to judge you. Like until today, you know, I still get gin, your video sucks and stuff like that. It hits, it stings you. I think okay, it's safe to say it stings you for the first like, you know, a few videos. But after a while, it, it, it's, sad, it's sad to say that no matter the fact that if you get like a hundred views or even a million views and you have like a million people saying that your content is great, it's always, I've said this in previous shows before, it's always that one person that comes and says like, hey man, I think you suck. That makes, that bloody comment sticks out like a sore thumb as compared to the other positive uh, stuff that you, you know that you normally get. I mean, and, and coming from someone like yourself, you know, uh, like for me, it's different. Like, I think for me, is I've always been quite comfortable going out and making an ass out of myself. But like for, for, for someone like you, like how did you, like, I'm pretty sure you had, a, you, you would put yourself out there and he would either read comments about yourself or get comments going around talking about you. And you know, it basically goes around and it, it reaches you and then you hear it, huh, really? You know, how did you react to that? So initially, just like everyone who was new to the game, it would affect me. And I would be like, oh man, this person. And, and here's the thing about social media, right? We all know this. It's like, when it comes to comments on social media, 
people would say things to you that they will never say in front of your face mm-hmm. when you're with your family, with your loved ones, but suddenly behind a keyboard, they become a warrior. Yeah. So how did I eventually understand that? First of all, I started to see that it is haters that confirms greatness. And if you take a look at everyone great that has made a dent in history, anyone, whether it's Martha, uh, uh, Martin Luther King, whether it is, it could be anybody, it could be a motivational speaker, it could be Tony Robbins, it could be Robert Kiyosaki, it could be Elon Musk, anyone. Just think of a person and just ask yourself, if you were to look them up online, do you think you'll find critics, negative reviews on these people? You don't even have to look hard. In fact, I actually went online and I thought, who could be like a person with a good, really good track record? So I thought, I wonder if Mother Teresa has critics. And I went and looked her up and I was shocked. I could see like a whole, like pages and pages about how she has evil intentions and stuff like that. Now the point I'm trying to make is, if you take a look at anyone, okay, whether it's, well, Bill Gates to get today from, from heroes, like he went to a villain literally overnight, yeah. right? So I don't care who it is, but you just think about anyone that has achieved greatness. In fact, even God, even God has haters. What does that tell you and me? Tells you and me that, look, who are we to think that if we want to do something great, we're not going to get haters. Mm-hmm. Haters just means that when, if they can see your work, your videos, your, 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 your content, and if they can spew hate after watching 15, 30, 45 minutes of your videos, the issue is with them. It is because there was something that they saw in your piece of content that triggered something within within them. Maybe they saw something that could have been them, should have been them, would have been them. And because of their shade of life, their lens of life and what they see, their upbringing, their belief systems, that caused them to either hate, criticize, or, and, and, and guess what? It, it's not personal. It's purely based on their, and if we can have that empathy to, to understand that it is basically how they look at life that allowed them to, to react that way, then that is when we, when we realize that it's not personal, will we be able to understand that, hey, I don't have to take this comment personally. Wow. And in fact, final piece is this. Can you imagine, why do, first of all, why do people want to go on social media to look at comments? Because people want to see the drama. Yeah. So if they went to a, 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 a post and it was all just, love you, Jin. Thank you so much, Jin. Amen, Jin. Love you, heart, heart, emoji, emoji. After a while, nobody's going to want to read the comment. But what do people want? People want to see some real mean comment in there and see the other reactions, right? That's what people want. So if anything at all, understand that it is these type of comments that actually drive your engagements up that makes it interesting. Right. So you can come from that angle and just realize, hey, if not for these guys, my comments isn't going to have the juice there. And that is why whenever I get these type of comments, especially in my ads, if you are running ads, if you're in sales, you're doing anything to do with money, oh man, you're going to get it bad. And whenever I do run ads like that, you know what? I don't delete these comments. I let it be. And the reason why I do that is because I know that that is what fuels engagements even further. Right, right. Wow. That's a, that's a very, that's a, well, that's a very different perspective to look at it. It's, Crazy. I mean, yeah, lah. I mean, if you don't have negative comments, right, you won't have that Michael Jackson meme taking popcorn out and eating. <laughs> exactly. Wow, it's it's quite crazy, yeah, to see to to see what you're doing now because like everything. Okay, so you 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 go around the world and you give talks, uh, seminars and stuff like that. So it okay. You 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 sell products. That's number one. Okay, and you deal with customers. All right, that's number two. All right. 
okay, sometimes you, you, okay, most of the time, I'm assuming most of the time you would get happy customers. Here's my question. How do you handle the unhappy customers? And second part of that question is, because you do talks as well, and these customers come to you face to face. How do you handle all these customers, both happy and unhappy customers? So first, unhappy customers, I tell my team that it's a feedback mechanism. Mm -hmm. So customers, whenever they're unhappy, the first thing I want to see is, is there something that's broken? Is it because our product sucks? Is it because our delivery mechanism? Is it because of the experience? Is it because there was lack of communication? How can we take this as feedback to improve? Because the most critical customers are the ones that actually gives us the opportunity to improve. Right. Now, um, so, so that's number one. I, I use it as a way to, to improve. Have there been people that came up to me like, wanting to work things out. Yeah, but the talks that I do, it's, it's, there's a lot of people in there. And um, yeah, I mean, there, there hasn't been an instance where a person wanted to fight or something. That's what you're saying. <laughs> um, but that would be pretty interesting if, if yeah, it was. Yeah. So the, the reason why I kind of bring that up is because like, you know, uh, ever since this whole COVID thing got in, got into, uh, I mean, came, I mean, ever, ever since this whole COVID thing happened, there was there was a sudden rise of uh, so-called financial gurus and and life coaches that are coming on on online and always appearing at every pre-roll on YouTube saying that stop. hey stop yeah <laughs> I will make I will teach you how you can make seventy thousand dollars in a month USD you know that kind of thing. And it's kind of, uh, I would say, not directly, but indirectly kind of affecting your business because a lot of people will automatically think that whatever sponsored post of a person talking direct to you is automatically uh, put under that category. The same thing like how influencers are all basically general generalized as like people who take uh, raunchy pictures for likes. You know what I mean? Even Yeah, even when I'm a guy or a girl or whatever not. So how does that like, I mean, I'm pretty sure you've come across some of these things. And, and what, what, what's your take on that? In every industry, there will always be bad apples, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's like network marketing. Because of a few bad apples, network marketing, you know, it's clumped together as, oh, network marketing is a scam. S same thing with like e-commerce, drop shipping, same thing with Forex, same thing with online marketing. There's always going to be a few bad apples that makes the whole industry look bad. So I can only do what's in my control to hopefully change the perception of the public and I'm not going to affect a few bad apples, you know, um, stop me from what I'm doing. Yeah, because like, um, I think what you, like, dude, I've seen you evolve from selling eBooks to like life. Is it is it right to say that kind of like life coaching in some sort of way, helping people like, you know, uh, uh, find that their inner potential that they have never realized the last thing I want people to think is of me being a motivational guru. Okay. Because I'm, I'm not a motivational guru. I just understand that motivation is a huge part and a psychology and a mindset is a huge part that will determine a person's success. But ultimately, they still, I'm, I'm, a, I'm somebody that's all about strategy and tactics. Right. So in order for me to deliver strategy and tactics for a person to implement, they need to have the psychology that backs it up. Right. And that's why it's 20% mechanics, 80% psychology. 
Talk. Sounds like what my ex-boss used to tell me. Radio is all about 20% technicality, 80% personality. Oh. Same, so yeah, same, same thing applies, you know? It's, it's about you can, there's no such thing as like a, everything is 100% technical unless, of course, you're trying to dock a, a freaking spaceship into the ISS, which is, hey, just happened, by the way. But it's, uh, it's very insightful, uh, you know? Because, like, to be honest, I've known you for so long, but I never really had to sit down to understand, like, what you're doing, uh, you know, in this business. Because, like, I mean, it's always just been, yeah, he's doing internet marketing, he's writing ebooks. Is technically, is it, is it correct if in a way, in a way you are in a way an author of books? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've launched five books mm-hmm. right at this point. Um, but the books are really just a, a mechanism, it's a vehicle for me as a different avenue to get my message out there. Right. And what drives you today? I mean, like what, continue, what, what basically continues to drive you uh, to venture into this business and continue expanding you know is it the money is it the self-fulfillment is this the is this is it the the way you are able to reach out to people so for me i like doing things that allow me to personally grow mm-hmm. and i think for me the speaking the content uh the the the, 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 the production of content um is still in many ways stretches me out of my comfort zone and to me there'll no there'll be no personal development seminar that can give me that level of growth. Mm. So the first one would be my personal growth. By doing that, it gives me a level of fulfillment as well to be able to show people what I did in the gaming space so that people can take their passion, their knowledge, and to be able to do what they do and create their change in, in their world. So that would be the, the primary thing. Of course, the money is good. Um, I'm not going to debate that, but <laughs> but besides money because money up to a certain point like what are you going to do with it after a certain point like for me i'm i'm still wearing the same shirt every day <laughs> you know i'm i'm, I'm up to a certain point lifestyle is not going to change right and what's beyond that after that is just fulfillment um and i think that fulfillment is a huge part of it so yeah there are just some things that money cannot help you achieve lah it's, it's it's like is that safe to say that of course i mean money will get a person to a certain point, but yes. beyond that, it's that the fulfillment and satisfaction is is no longer money. Yeah. Dude, this is crazy, man. I mean like, wow. Never never in a million years would I thought that like you're my senior in high school, would I have thought like, okay, we'll be sitting here to kind of like understand. It's, you know? <laughs> it's crazy because I think the last time we sat down and had a meal, this was like in SS15 or something like that. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember this. So this is like way before I started creating content, right? And every maybe two minutes, Somebody would come up to Jin and say, hey, uh, uh, can I come and take a picture with you? And I was like, man, this guy is like some celebrity. And this is like like 10 years ago. So this is oh insane. Yeah, dude, but you, you look at you, man. I mean, like you, you've, got a, you've got a platform with like millions of followers and, uh, you know, you're answering every day, you're answering questions and not just like, you know, locally, you're answering free. I see like, wow, this guy is talking to people from America, this law, Australia. And I'm like, wow, you're like, I don't know. I, it's like, okay, from the surface, just from the surface, I mean, you can correct, correct me if I'm wrong. I kind of see like you're kind of like uh, like doing whatever someone like Gary V would be doing or is doing, but maybe differently. Is it right to compare? Is it right or wrong to compare you with someone like Gary V? Gary has got a totally different business model. Mm-hmm. And if anything at all, Gary would hate my business model. He would say, you know, if you have something, don't sell it, give it away for free. Ah. So in, in fact, that's what he told me the last time we had dinner. So if, <laughs> if anything at all, uh, we would disagree on business models. I feel that 
his business model is not applicable for most businesses because it wouldn't make sense to do so. They, they would um, be... A, so like what Gary V does is that he believes in content creation and giving everything, all of your best stuff away for free. Mm-hmm. Um, but in most cases, businesses who try to do that, mm-hmm. after three months, six months, they'll realize that it's actually not sustainable. Right. So, so if anything at all, the difference between his ideology and mine is that, yes, you want to be able to create content and give great stuff but at the same time, also understand how to monetize that thing through your product, program, services, consulting. Um, and that's where we would disagree. Yeah, I mean, there's a saying out there, like, you know, if, you, if you're really good at something, never give it up for free. There, there is that saying. I mean, I've heard it somewhere. I'm not sure whether it's exactly that, but I mean, these days, like, okay, even, even uh, during COVID-19, right? And I've seen a lot of people have like, all of a sudden, they have been cut uh, from their on-ground work uh, like 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 uh, TV hosts, radio hosts, um, what else? Cooks and whatever not. And all of a sudden, they're creating these websites. It's so funny. They're creating these websites to promote a public speaking course for like, mm. you know, uh, like, you know, I'm only going to get like 10 people and it's 80 ringgit for you to come in and I'm going to tell you uh, how to be, be better in public. I've seen it literally. Like some of, some of my friends are doing it. Uh, some of my friends are even teaching... Uh, um, what's the uh, homemakers lah? Like basically trying to st- learn how to stitch lah. Like these are the things, okay. and these are the thing is these are the things that you can basically find on YouTube as well. But there is like a specific thing that they're teaching that you can't find on YouTube, and it's like okay, I'll charge you like ten bucks. Well, okay, here's the thing, and and this is something that is is really crucial for people who want to understand how this entire thing works. Yep. What's the differentiator? We gotta understand that we will never be able to differentiate and be better through information. Right. As in, there's no such thing as, okay, let me charge for information that is not available out there. Because whatever it is, information, guaranteed, whatever you know, is definitely available on some YouTube video that's probably doing way better with higher production value. Yep. It's probably revealed in some some book, some PDFs, and it's it's out there on Google. Right. So the way to charge for something it's never about information. So just think of it as, let's take fitness, okay? Right. So let's say I am a fitness first coach or personal trainer in some gym. We got to understand that the reason why people would pay money is not because of this set of sit-ups or bench press or push-ups that is not available on the internet. Because mm-hmm. every single movement is available on some free YouTube video, high quality production with amazing timer, amazing epic music, <laughs> right? So, so why would people pay money for a personal trainer? Right. It is because personal trainers can, can, can charge that amount. It is because the result they generate. Now, what is the result they generate? The result they generate is pushing you to do a workout yep. that you otherwise maybe would have, have done, pushing you to go harder, keeping you accountable, and to do what you say you're going to do, to track, help you track your results, right? So in other words, what is, why do people pay personal trainers? The result they generate is accountability um, and as well as making you do what you say you're going to do. So if I was a coach in the fitness space, the way to charge is not about the videos or information because that's all online. So I need to ask myself, especially during this whole COVID-19 scenario is how can I still help them get that result mm-hmm. through a different mechanism? So since I can't have my gym open, how can I make sure that 
they still do the workouts. Right. But I and I can still do that virtually. I can still help them get the results because ultimately the result that they want is that they get a good workout done that they otherwise would not have done if they were left alone to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. So then with that clarity, I know that the thing that I sell is not the workout videos. That's not the emphasis. Because workout videos is all available on YouTube. It is the accountability. Yeah. It is tracking their weight, their fat loss, the percentage, keeping them motivated. That is when people pay money. So it doesn't matter whether it is in real estate, whether it's in fitness, whether it is in social media, we need to ask ourselves, what is the result we help our audience generate? And how can we help them get the result? Not through the information, because information alone is not enough to create change, mm -hmm. right? We've talked about that earlier. But how can I help them have that accountability, that mindset, that, that environment? Can I put them in a Facebook group where all these other people want to be able to accomplish this result as well? And now there's, they're supporting each other. There's peer group um, um, support how can I provide these other things that is beyond information? Can I give them the templates, the, 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 the worksheets, the to-do lists, the spreadsheets, the blueprints, the, 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 the downloadables, the templates? Now, these are all of the other things that would support them in getting them the result where it's now no longer just the information. Wow. It's, it's, uh, it's more about just the information. It's the whole package. And it's basically unique to each every individual. Am I right to say that? In a way, but when you package it, that's when you package it right, you'll be able to cater to your entire segment that wow. you want to target. That's crazy. Well, that's, I mean, it's, it's today, today, has been, today has been amazing. I mean, thank you so much for coming in to really talk about your thoughts and, and how you basically went to, to doing little things that became big to even bigger things and, and to share basically your perspective. I hope, you know, you guys listening, you know, take away something from this. Cause I mean, like it's safe to say that if someone like Ping Jun can actually strive to be where he is today, anybody's able to do it. And it's it's just uh it's just inspiring to see that love. Because like, dude, you're so successful man. I'm like, if if you keep saying that, hey man, your channel's doing good, like look at you, you're I would say that, you know. You're doing amazing. Like before we go, do you, you wanna say anything to everyone listening? Um, I think that in a time like this, this is so crucial. I always believe that times of crisis are also when we grow the most. And that is a choice. We can choose to really utilize this time to do two things. Number one, we could watch and binge watch all of our favorite episodes of Netflix <laughs> or Korean drama series, if that's for you. Or number two, you could actually utilize this time of crisis to actually double down, work on yourself, your business, your, a new skill set, your health things or relationships, things that you might have been ignoring for a while and utilize this time to grow. Right. All right, man. Peng Jun, thank you so much. Uh, if you want to check out Peng Jun, you can check out his website. It's www.pengjun.com. Uh, Facebook.com slash Peng Jun. Am I right? That's right. And what's your Instagram? Peng Jun as well. Peng Jun as well. It's very simple. It's P-E-N-G-J-O-O-N. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you guys uh, take away something from this episode. We hope you guys get inspired to do your own things. And of course, you can stream us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, watch us on YouTube as well. Remember, follow us on our Instagram pages as well. Share us with your friends. Keep the conversation going. Thank you so much for listening, and we will speak to you next time.